Clark, Tom and Pat Borer, Gary Foley, Gary and Joan Baker, John and Joyce Tarbett, Richard and Shelley DeBose, hang with me on these, Jerry and Janice Browning, Randy and Linda Ellington, Doug and Connie Wheeler, Troy Easley, Paul Paff, Dustin Hoskins, Daryl and Angie Hilton, Carl McDonald, Ed Houchins, Ronell Rigney, Renee Hasty, my parents, Clay and Joni Taylor, Ed and Rhonda Coolman, Russ and Tammy Martin, John and Lori Carr, Dorsey and Sharon Shackelford, jo Jerry and Rosie Lane, Danny and Elaine Morris, Mike and Sue Loxton, Jay and Sharon Engelbrecht, Jeff and Sue Starr, Laura Rader, Dave and Judy Graham, Steve and Susan Noble, Tim and Joyce Carl, Dwayne and Donna Medley. You know any of those people? Some of you, you might know people. What do they have in common? Some of them you might be related to. Ed Houchins, Donna's son. Uh, Maurice's parents are on that list. Maurice's cousins are on that list. See, these are people who have had an impact packed on my life growing up at Capital City Christian Church. I could spend so much time playing out memories, funny stories of those people's interactions that we had together, but the things that they left with me, if I went on, we'd be here till supper. We don't want to do that. These adults, they intentionally or unintentionally left an impact on me in so many different ways. They were my examples, my teachers, my encouragers. Now, I may have been a kid at Capital City Christian Church, but they didn't treat me that way. They didn't treat me like I was anything other. They would give me even responsibilities. Even when I was in elementary school, one of my first jobs at Capital City growing up was to hand out the Sunday school attendance booklets. And they were classes all over that building. It's a big building. But I could run a lot faster than John Tarbett, so he let me have that job. See, these were things that, or these were people that would ask me how things were going in my life. They would joke around with me. Jerry Browning would always bring a quarter, and he'd hold it out in his hand, hold it flat. And when I was a little kid, and my job was to try and get that quarter out of his hand before he closed it up. And he let me keep the quarter, mostly because I would just run off with it. But he would bring another quarter the next week. That was always our game. Now, I wasn't just Kenny and Nancy's son, even though that's, that is who I am, but I was Adam Schetzler. They knew me as an individual. And they knew that how to interact with me independent of my parents. Now, I'm not here in Versailles without these people, without them in my life. I'm not in front of you today as a youth minister at this church without them. I'm not even, pos I'm not even possibly a Christian without some of these people. So many men and women who have, have worked out their own relationship with Christ did I go to a church full of perfect people? No. But these people, intentionally or unintentionally, helped me to make Capital City Christian Church my church growing up. But that was then, and this is now. See, over the past couple of months, John has been walking through the book of Acts with you to give us a better picture of what the church looked like in the beginning, how they cared for one another, met together regularly, and all of this centered around their love for Jesus. See, the people who were closest to Jesus were given the tasks of starting these churches to unite all of his followers, all of God's people, into one thing, for their growth, for their benefit, for the numerical growth of God's kingdom. 
See, people were flocking at that time to the news of Jesus and his church. People were added to their number daily. So in light of all of this, I wanted to ask some questions today of you and this church. Also questions that would relate to the book of Acts, that early church. So we're going to compare the early church to our church and see where you lie on some of these questions. The first question is, what drew you to Jesus? Second question, who has had an impact on your spiritual growth? Third, has growth been something that you're still experiencing daily? And the fourth question is, what is it about this place that keeps you coming back? And these are questions that we're going to talk about, but all in light of that early church in Acts. So as we begin to structure our, our restructure our ministry of this church around my church, these are questions that you need to be able to answer. This needs to be a place where you grow, where you welcome, and where you desire to be involved. To me, Capital City Christian Church was my church for the biggest part of my life. But First Christian Church is my church now. I don't agree, or I don't change allegiances very easily because C4 is a very special place to me. Though there's a lot of people that have gone on, I, I still see a lot of those people, usually at funerals and weddings. But I've made my home here, and I am committed to this place as my home. This is where I've done the greatest amount of growing in my walk with Christ. Though I am paid staff, I still find myself here week after week because of the place that this is. There's no doubt in my mind that this is my church. What about you? You see, in our, our congregational calling that our leadership has been doing, when we go out to visit with different people at their homes, and I guarantee you most of the people in this room, we haven't been to your house yet, but we will. There's a lady that we were visiting with one day, or one night, and she said that this building was, when it was originally built, she and her family were fully committed to this place and to the ministry that happens in this building. They didn't just call this their church, it was their home their home and this church with all their heart soul and strength she mentioned that it would take something quite extreme for her to give up this place of meeting fccv is her church her church so let's get to these questions today okay so that first question is what drew you to jesus see there's something about jesus that just compels us to him that draw to jesus is the same today as it was almost two thousand years ago he hasn't changed. Hebrews 13 verse 8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So who are we who are surrounded by so much darkness in this world have this incredible light that shines in front of us and draws us to him? His love, compassion, generosity, forgiveness, and kindness are really what catches our eye, probably because those things are so difficult to find in this world. It is everything that Jesus was about that draws us to him daily. In Acts, and you've read it several weeks ago, 3,000 came to Christ in one day. They gave their life to Jesus to accepting everything that he was to follow after him. Now, we may not see that kind of increase in one day at FCCV, but that doesn't change the fact that Jesus is the embodiment of everything that mankind needs from God, as well as who we should aspire to be as his followers. So what drew you to Jesus? What still draws you to Jesus? You see, his impact on us is not a one-and-done type of thing, but rather an unending, one-of-a-kind 
thing. See, we've always needed him, and even after we accept him, we're not magically done with needing him. It is continual. The early church realized it, and it's important for us to share in that same realization. Are you familiar with the old hymn entitled, I Need Thee Every Hour? I want to read a little background for that, that song, and then I'll read the song to you. I'm not singing it. I will read it to you. Sorry. The best way for me to tell you about I Need Thee Every Hour, it came from Annie, the writer's own words, in 1872. I remember, she said, I, w- I remember well the circumstance for which I wrote that hymn. It was a bright June day, and I became so filled with the sense of the nearness of my master that I began to wonder how anyone could live without him in either joy or pain. Suddenly, the words I need thee every hour flashed into my mind, and very quickly, the thought had full possession of me. Seated, my, uh, seating myself by the open windows, I caught up my pencil and committed the words to paper, almost as they are today. A few months later, Dr. Robert Lowry, who is her preacher, composed the tune, Need, for my hymn, and also added the refrain. For myself, the hymn, at its, its, its writing, rather than expressive of my own experiences, for it was wafted to the world on the wing of love and joy, instead of under the stress of great personal sorrow, which, with which it is often associated today. At first, I did not understand why the hymn was so greatly touching, or it had so greatly touched the throbbing hearts of humanity. Years later, however, the shadow of great loss, I came to understand something of the comforting power of the words I had been permitted to give out to others in hours of sweet serenity and peace. She didn't even write it for sorrow. It was just because of how great it was to be near Jesus. The, the song goes, I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee every hour. Stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. I need thee every hour in joy or pain. Come quickly and abide or life is vain. I need thee every hour. Teach me thy will and thy rich promises in me fulfill. I need thee every hour, most holy one. O make me thine indeed, thou blessed son. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. You know the song, we sing it often here. See, there is no more incredible place than to be near Jesus. That's something that Andy experienced in her life. And through a song, sometimes we feel the same. So whether it's the first time or the millionth time, being drawn to Jesus is something that is so incomparable with anything else that can be found in this world. Do you feel that draw to Jesus? Do you still feel that draw to Jesus? He hasn't changed. The second question is this. Who has had an impact on your spiritual growth? I, had, I gave you a long list of my people, and there's a whole lot more that I didn't think of. If I had a capital city directory, I probably could, uh, could list a whole lot more. But who is it in your life? Who are the big parts of your growth from infancy till now? I have others who have taught me so much about Christ, but not necessarily from that church alone. Who's on your list? 
Is it someone that maybe has already gone up into heaven? Maybe it was a parent. My parents were on that list. Maybe it's been a teacher or a preacher. Maybe it's been a youth minister if you have something, someone like that. Maybe it's been a friend or a friend of the family or a friend's family. For you to have gotten to this point in your life, there has to have been someone in addition to Jesus that has brought you here. So who are those people? Are they still able to have an impact in your life? See, as the church began through Jesus, he entrusted it to men who had followed him closely. They were challenged and uh, changed by his words and actions and were dedicated to living as his messengers uh, in all times, even in the face of death, which if I heard correctly, you were left off at a cliffhanger with Stephen last week. Is that correct? Don't read ahead. Wait till next week. Even in the face of death, though. You see, these are the people who led others closer to Jesus. Even Paul, who lived out the remainder of his life in chains, worked to be a leader worthy of Jesus. Paul, along with starting many different church churches, also spent time investing in young men like Timothy to carry the torch after he would be gone. I am a Timothy of Capital City Christian Church. There are many from this church, I'm sure, too. It's important that he invest in the members of those churches through his letters, but also train and raise up people who go out and serve in other churches. Because people like Timothy were impacted by Paul, many more were able to be impacted by Timothy. You see the cycle? So who has helped you to get here? It's important that you thank some of those people, but important that always uh, that you always have those people in your lives. We're thankful that we are who we are because of them. I know that there are several people who are capable of helping here at this church. Your spiritual growth is not something that you should neglect, um, but find someone, someone that can pour into you. It is also important that you realize that you may be the person that someone else needs. Keep your eyes and ears open for someone who may be searching for Jesus. You might be called upon to play a pretty pivotal role in their life at a pivotal moment in their life. It could be even the moment they experience Jesus for the first time. That is on us. The third question. Has growth been something that you're still experiencing daily? See, there was an excitement that came with a new life. I experienced it. You might how excited I was to be brand new following my baptism and and many others have felt the same. The, the same joy that we felt was felt by those in the early church when they gave their life to Christ. That excitement meant that a new joy, a new hope followed them throughout their day. Their excitement stirred an excitement to learn more. Their excitement brought an enthusiasm to follow God and to know Jesus better. This excitement wasn't lived out once a week, though. It was daily. Your walk with Christ is a choice, a daily decision, a daily responsibility. If your struggles with sinful temptation are daily, then your connection with God should be daily. That makes sense, doesn't it? So how is your daily experience with God going? See, this church tries to create opportunities throughout the week for members to grow. I hope that you aren't finding yourself, I hope that you are invited in 
finding yourself involved in Sunday school, in Sunday morning worship, which you're already at today. Good, check mark, you already got it. Sunday home Bible study that John and Marisa will host at their homes every other week, and I would imagine probably not this week. We have Wednesday night church. I have a long list of youth events, all sorts of things for your kids to be a part of throughout the week. These events should only serve as a catalyst into your daily growth. Read your Bible daily throughout your day. Your connection with God is so vital to your spirit. And this church, we hope that we can help in that continued growth. John chapter 15 verses 4 through 5 says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It is so important for us to continue to remain connected to God. Fourth question. What is it about this place that keeps you coming back? You're here today. You may be part of the battle. You may have been here in the past. So what is it about this place that keeps you coming back? I hope you experience Jesus when you're here. I hope you feel encouraged to face the darkness in this world when you leave this place. I hope you hear that God is here with you. I hope you hear from him. Most of all, though we are all sinners chasing after a perfect God, I hope that you feel included and welcomed amongst everybody else. It didn't take long for me to feel at home in this place. It didn't take much effort for me to feel welcomed here. It didn't take long to realize that this is my church. I'm proud of this place, of the people I get to work around, and I love how I feel here. I'm confident that this is my place to worship God. I'm confident that you can feel the same way too. It's important for us to be together regularly. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as that day approaches. We need to be together in this place, the body reunited. So what will keep you coming back? You see, in the early church, there were more places where it was a, a struggle to meet together than it is for us today. In their day, there was persecution and disruption that commonly happened. People who followed Jesus were not popular uh, with the other Jews or even Romans. It wasn't easy for them to meet, and they would occasionally involve them having to be pretty secret about where their meetings were and when they were. However difficult it may have been, it did not discourage them and their desire to meet together. In fact, it may have been the highlight of their week. Even to the threat of prison or death, their church was at risk, but it was worth the risk. I want this place to be filled with people who share that same desire. That's what I want to see. I want you to commit, as I will commit, to making this your church. Finding yourself here as often as you can, not for the boost of a numbers, that's not what it's about. Or for financial reasons, that's not what it's about. But rather because you need this place and we need you. We're all members of Christ's body, but it is time that we work together 
My prayer is that this place will begin setting the best example of what it means to follow Christ. My prayer is that you would find this church to be your church. You would find Jesus here, that you would find people who invest in your spiritual work, your spiritual growth, and that it would also be a daily one that you take on yourself, and that this would be a place that you will come back to over and over again. My prayer is also that this place would begin working with the younger generations for the future of this church. That our community would discover and rediscover or rediscover how alive Jesus is in his people. That we would be a congregation of people who are committed fully to the ministry that happens in this place. Not for the present benefit, but for the future. That when our time has come and gone, that the work of Christ is still happening here. That when your youth, our youth grow up, that they can look back and come up with a long list of men and women that have worked to encourage their spiritual development, not just Adam. That the future generations would still be able to say that FCCV is their church. So can this be your church? Like the early church members who protected, served in, and even fought for their church, would you do the same for here? And we know that there's so much more that we can offer to you We haven't achieved perfection yet. I know that you haven't, and I haven't as well. So will you pour yourself into this place, into these people? You see, a church needs a certain level of dedication from its members for it to thrive. The early churches wouldn't be, uh, we wouldn't be here without the early churches and their desire to be a part of the church. The churches would not have survived all of this time without them. And this church won't either. In conclusion, I just pray that that we would take on that heart, the heart that comes with these early Christians. It's not just telling a story. The book of Acts is not just a history lesson. The book of Acts is a way to model your church today. It's a way to look at the Christians of early that are so uninhibited by their culture to follow Christ, to give up what needs to be given up to follow Christ, to not think about the church right now, but to think of the church to come. My prayer is that we would take on that same call. Let me pray. We'll bring the band back up.